0: You are now listening to the Nubbills Fed Podcast! Cheers! With your
1: hosts, David Palermo and Adam Beacon. Find us online at
0: nubbillsfed.com
1: Welcome to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast for April 25th, 2017. It's a Tuesday. Actually, yeah, I guess it's like 12.14am and I'm doing an intro to a podcast from two hours ago with Kevin Masare from CoverOne.net. Find him on Twitter at Kevin, M-A-S-S-A-R-E. And um, we are brought to you by numbillsfan.com. Check out our last podcast. It was actually with Kevin. We covered defensive backs and a little bit of O.J. Howard. Also, um, linebackers, you know, draft-wise. So check that out. Also, really talked about Chad Kelly, too. So if you want some insight on Chad Kelly um i've been going off the rocker with this whole draft to be honest with you and i'm your host david palermo you can find me on twitter numb bills fan and i'm also on the instagram or we are too on instagram numb bills fan and uh adam is not here right now but he is a part of the the segment we did with kevin and you can find him on Twitter, D. also on Instagram as well. And so check it out. Wednesdays, we do a show with Bills for Life on their Bills Mafia Facebook group. And they present it. They're awesome people. They do good stuff. We are a pleasure to work with them. And, um, you know, they support us. They really... You know, we want to work with people who want to promote us. As in, like, they support us. They they encourage us to say, hey, guys, thanks. Is there anything we could do to, like, repost this in the group and do whatever we got to do? You know, that's cool. I really like that. So thanks to those guys for, you know, presenting us on Wednesdays. Um. So also... We're brought to you by Shady Rays, so get 25% off. Type in NumbillsFan as a promo code off of some sweet sunglasses, and they're nice. We got the LaShawn McCoy signature edition sent to us. Pretty dope. actually lost them. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Deacon. You don't even know that yet. Lost them yesterday at the tattoo convention. I don't want to talk about it. Um, And also, we're brought to you by PuntDrunkSports.com. And they have a podcast and a podcast network coming soon. A comedy sports network. And we will be the one covering the Buffalo Bills. So check them out at Punch Drunk on Twitter. Great podcast about sports. And you can subscribe to them on iTunes. Check them out. Um, good people, comedians, they're an awesome podcast. Alright, so here we go. All right, so on the line we got Kevin. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing, man? What's going on? We're here. Deacons here today too.
0: how How did you talk him into this again?
1: I don't know.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm 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 potting I'm potting all week, man. I'm hearing on a couple of different things, so I'd love to <laughs> love to talk about it. Love to get it in, and definitely, you know, you know, love your guys' uh, podcast. So.
1: Don't lie to us. But what do you got coming? <laughs> on? What do you What do you got going on? So uh, yeah, br- give us the breakdown. You're just on our yeah, last man. podcast. If you missed it, we pretty much like previewed cornerbacks and defensive backs. We did not really get into any defensive line, or I mean, sorry, linebackers and defensive backs, and uh, different scenarios because I don't follow the draft too tight. I'm sorry, it, it's a lot of nonsense, and I'm more into it, like after they make the picks, I'll do all this homework. Right now, yeah, I, 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 right now, I'd rather call Kevin, frankly. So, yeah, we
0: couldn't get uh, enough.
1: Yeah, dude. So you're back. Uh, we'll get into the offense today. We'll get into um, possibly some other spots. Maybe touch on what we touched on a little bit, but not go too in-depth for last podcast purposes. But um, what do you got going on at cover CoverOne.net?
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. As we talked about on the last podcast last week, my uh, big board finally dropped. Um, it's up now. It dropped today, actually. Nice. It has every pretty much every draftable prospect for the most part. And with my grades that we've graded based on, you know, not only how good they are, but also where I think they'll go. So I, I added a little element in there that isn't just, I'm going to be like an elitist and kind of rank my own guys. Like I'm so much better than someone. It's more like, Hey, I know Trubisky going to go a little bit higher than he is um, right. supposed to. So I'm going to factor that in. So it's easy for my readers to say, okay, looking at his score, I know he's going to be a first round guy. So that's kind of more how I did it. And I mixed that in with their, um, with their grades. And, you know, we, we put in some nice videos and kind of a few, few tweets and stuff on that. So it's kind of an easy follow. Um, that's up on cover one.net right now. We also, Eric Turner and I also just uh, dropped the podcast today, really breaking down some of those other positions that you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, those D backs, those linebackers I actually didn't touch too much on receiver. So this will be good. um, and we, you know, really broke down safety. So that there's going to be a listen up there for everyone as well. Kind of, you know, kind of, kind of partner with this one. So
1: I think you guys do a wonderful podcast. Um, and I'm totally drawn a to blank. The quarterback from Pittsburgh, the one you guys made the case for, uh, Peterman, yes. Um, that was a really good
2: podcast. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They did a great job on that one.
1: You guys are just like really natural, just good talkers. I, I just, You know, with you and Eric, I I just hit, like, record and just chill and just absorb it, you know? Because it's like, man, with podcasts, we can just press rewind 15 seconds. Like, I'll I'll get mad at people when they're around me, when they're talking to me over a press conference. Like, if I'm watching news with my grandma, she wants to talk about the news. like, grandma, I want to hear from the people who are covering it. I love you, but, like, you got to chill on that,
2: you know? I know what you mean. I know what you mean, man. I I feel the same way, actually, when I'm trying to interpret data or if I'm making my draft board and someone wants to, you know, you know, tweet me or I get frustrated because I'm in the middle of a process. So you almost got to
1: like, just hit airplane mode and just shut everything off. I I find, I uh, I find writing really hard. Um, the the article, if if anybody hasn't read it, plug myself here. Um, dog, what the hell is it called? Oh my God. I for talent, something like that period. Yeah. Um, I think it was something like that. Yeah. Something along that.
0: That was it. (laughs) <laughs> Without all the uhs and ums in there. That oh was my it. god,
1: my life right now. It's been a long day, Kevin. I think I worked yeah, for actually, uh, yeah. 12 hours today. Actually, maybe 13. And I'm just not stoked. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I for talent, period. And it's about Doug Whaley. And really, I don't think it's as bad as people want to say. Uh, when people want to say dumb crap that GM can't speak well. He should be gone. How dare you! And meanwhile, the the PR guy for freaking like decades is bounced to a different department. It should tell you
2: something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically took a special assignment, borderline firing. I mean, he it 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 was a big deal to me that the combination of him and and potentially Rex Ryan um, releasing information that that's kind of who they deem to be the mole. I mean. In my opinion, since then we've we struggled to find no one knew anything on Mika Hyde. I mean, we we struggled to get leaks, and I you know it's I think you can point out point it out to those two. So
1: well, your buddy there, Rob Quinn, we talked about that. He's like because I brought that up to him. I go, you know, what's his name, Scott Virchild or whatever. He got moved. You yep. don't hear anything, and not that I hear anything. I just you know go on Twitter, talk to you guys. Um, I don't i don't know man it's kind of weird um and and it kind of you know leading into the draft and whatever's up with the bills i mean if we might as well just go there um so did you have anything else up besides your big board up on there did you have something else coming
2: Mm -hmm. no nothing else coming up right now i'm really just doing pods and you know focusing on that and kind of promoting that that's kind of definitely the week's plan for now so okay um, it's good stuff
1: so um let's go there uh I mean I got a bill's notification that they claimed a safety. I did't no homework on it um I don't know if you know anything about it if you don't don't mean to put you on the spot all good um
2: uh, no he i just I, I know a little bit actually He bounced around between like three or four teams in such a short amount of time and finally found his way in playing a little bit in Cleveland so you know he's nothing special. I wasn't too impressed when I was watching a little film on him um I think he has enough potential to give him a ninety-man roster spot and see what happens. But you know, really outside of that, it wasn't anything. We took him right off of waivers. He seemed people must seem to like him. He seems to really get claimed off of waivers and signed immediately, and then just never makes a team. Really, he
1: the the kid played with him, so you got to figure. Yep, he's got to have some kind of. I, I mean, you would be an absolute moron for guys to, to not think that you ask the players about people. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't need to, but I don't know. I, I, I would at the same time, you also might tip them off that they're interested, you know? So, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, he, he, he had an interesting career. Like once again, he, he got some, he finally got some time last year, you know, Poyer was down. So that was probably the reason, you know, Trey Elston was able to play. So, um, he was originally with new Orleans. He bounced around a little bit Four-year starter at Ole Miss and some potential. I don't mind to see him in camp, but I...
1: You know, let's be real. He was, in or- he was in New Orleans, man. Like, yep. about, at the same time, he was in New Orleans, you know. um,
2: I doubt he can crack the the roster. I see him as another practice squad candidate, potentially. So, um, does come in with some measurables and things to like. Athletic guy. We'll see what happens. These guys can sneak on the team if he can play special teams. Is, is he
1: a, a bigger body kid? Is he a thumper? Is he like a... Like like, what does he do well? Or like, you know what I mean? Is he like a Jerry's yeah, or is he yeah, like a Dante Hittner?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's more of a he's more of a you know run stopping guy. He's six foot one ninety. So what I think, like, do you, um, you think he, he, he could he, be he, like
1: a linebacker or something? Like like one of those uh, like tweener dudes?
2: No, probably not. He's probably a little too small for a tweener dude. Um, he's probably a strict safety, and I. I believe, and, and from what I was reading, he has some ball skills. So I think that's what really intrigues people when they, you know, a lot of teams have taken a risk on this guy, or, you know, quote-unquote a risk. But, you know, he's supposed to be someone that would possess some ball skills. So I think that's what really, what people see him on the market, that's like, oh, well, let's take a, take a risk on him, see if he, you know, see if he can produce any. Any type of ball skills, or you know, do, do that thing that everyone's really interested in, kind of be like a Jerry Spurd. So
1: you know what's weird about that about that guy is I forgot his name, and um, I am Who's more uh, who Yes, yes, yes. It, it was definitely a different name. Um, I am like so much more interested in that than knowing what like Mitch Trubisky has to offer, right. Does that make sense? Like, I'm more interested in that guy's story than our first-round draft pick. You heard it here first.
2: Like, I'm like
1: like dead serious, dude. When the undrafted (laughs) free agent list comes out, I go bonkers. And especially late-round picks. Like, Sontrell Henderson, dude, I was doing backflips. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Take the guy who does mega bong rips. Just do it. You know it's all stupid. Take the guy. And you know what I mean? Like, I was so psyched. Anyways.
2: Yeah, I mean, he returned two touchdown, uh, two interceptions for a touchdown in 2015 um, back in his college. He's a four-year starter. He's a thumper. He possesses ball skills. So he has kind of that gamut of ability. So, that, so he's that, that young? Yeah, he's he, – yeah, he – 2015 was his senior wow. year. Wow, so,
1: okay. Yeah, so okay. he
2: bounced around a bunch of teams. So he's fresh. Um, he's – you know, he's not consistent, and that's really – why he hasn't been able to make a team, but right. n- nothing crazy jumps out at you. Like I can't see a size speed or not. None of that really jumped out to me, but um, you know, he, he, he's a really good player that possesses some of those skills you look for in like a third or fourth round. Safety. Now,
1: how so, did he, how did he, um, how did he like, has anybody looked at like any grades of him on like pro football, or whatever you guys. Yeah.
2: He was an UFA grade. I mean, he was like a, you know, basically like a seventh round pick type of grade. So it wasn't like,
1: no, no, no. As far as like, if he had playing time this year, like how did he grade out? Oh, to like oh, oh.
2: the, uh, the, the limited time? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't believe he had enough actual on the field experience okay. to be graded out. And if they did, it would be kind of skewed, but, um, pulling it up now. Like I have access to that information and it doesn't look like he was recorded. Um, in live game action, even if he dressed. So he doesn't really have much to go on as far as real NFL game experience. So everything we're talking about is either preseason or training camp or as, as a college senior in 2015. Okay. So I, I think it was a worthy pick. I mean, it doesn't really cost you anything. You throw him on your 90 man, you see what you got from him. In
1: yeah, trip. that's it. The fact that he was a four-year starter, I mean, that that's really cool. I like a guy who stays in college and – Um, you know, to start four years in college, it it almost sounds kind of rare. Yeah. Like for, you know, um,
2: yeah, I mean, he's yet to actually play in a regular season game. So, um, but that's just
1: just consistent though. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, they're looking for a guy that can come in special teamers. He's a fiery guy, plays hard hits. He can high point balls. He does have some skills that you look for, especially in a priority, uh, undrafted free agent. So. I'm interested to see him early on in, camp, uh, in like, mini-camps, and then as we get to camp, I'm interested to see. Because when a team puts in a priority waiver claim on him, it's not like the end of the world, but that means we really didn't want to risk him um, getting claimed somewhere else. So that does show that they like the guy right. more than just some guy you signed three months from now. Okay. So it does show that, like, Whaley felt the need to actually put in a claim for him, um, meaning he was – he felt like he could easily get signed elsewhere. So there is, I would say he does come in with like a little bit of ability unless he shows up in the the next mini camp and just kind of off. Other than that, I would say he has an inside track to like potentially like a special teams role, if not like a high priority, um, uh, high priority practice squad guy.
1: Now, how many many safeties do you think they would, obviously it comes down to special teams too,
2: yeah, that's um, a how big, many?
1: How many do you, do you think they would carry with Sean McDermott's defense? Because there's sometimes different um, looks with the defensive backs that you might want to try to pull, especially with everybody being versatile. You know, so I mean, um,
2: yeah, I don't see any less than to be honest. I don't see any less than ten defensive backs total. So mm-hmm. how that breaks out with corner slash special teams is remain to be seen. But I think it's a safe estimate to think we would keep um, definitely one hundred percent four, and then probably a fifth. So. I don't think it's crazy to keep five to answer your initial initial That's question.
1: That's a lot. I'm used to four. Yeah,
2: yeah four four you can guarantee, um, okay. but that fifth rolls up depending on the draft. Right now, you got Hyde and Poyer, and then behind that, I mean, you've got Shamil Gray, um, you've got Colt Anderson, Joe Powell, Jonathan Dowling, and Trey Elston. So yeah, there's there's definitely a third and fourth and fifth to be won there. So. If we don't like the way it looks, then it could be more on the four and then the six cornerbacks. Um so, you know, Elson could sneak in as that fourth or fifth guy. I mean he he he's right there to be taken. There's I mean, I think Cole Anderson's pretty much a special team shoein'. So if he's healthy, like he would be the fifth safety slash special teamer. So that's where you would still need two other safeties.
1: Hey man. He makes a lot of sense. Um Okay, so next thing I gotta get to um, I sure. guess for a little bit what wanted to really ask you um i railed on it on facebook live last week and threw that into the podcast audio and um what's your thoughts on the mike gillisley thing we all kind of feel that he was let go and my thoughts uh like it, it was like almost like they dangled it out there hey let's get that pick back and i gotta be honest with you uh mike gillisley to me I don't understand that this is bill Belichick who did this. It's found damn money. Like he found money. Doug Laley found that draft pick, And this guy was right. on the streets, not once, but twice. Right. Yeah. And and it's like, people want to act like we just lost Thurman Thomas, like stop, you're being right. ridiculous. And any asswipe out there, who was going to tell me that you can get a running back any round of the draft at any time well, then why don't we bring in three undrafted free agents and have them battle it out? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is so stupid to get so mad. It's just, well, no, no I, don't I, mean, like,
0: I don't like Whaley. It, it's typical, though. I mean, they did it with Carlos Williams. They did it with Fred Jackson. Not so much with C.J. Spiller. Most people are like, yeah, whatever, but... um, yeah, you know, it's it's just typical for the, for this fan base to kind of like blow it out of proportion. But you know, I can see I can see the pattern that that you know some people are getting mad about. They they got us with Chris Hogan, and then you know Scott Chandler the year before, and they got you know um, Gilmore. It's right. like it's like we're pumping them out out to New England, but I mean, that happens in every division, you know. What I mean, there's exactly. One, there's only 32 teams.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you get a hyper-focus on this kind of stuff when you're, you know, 17 years without the playoffs. You start to really, like, micromanage, like, little decisions. And that's really where we all get into trouble as fans and media, especially the media right now after the Sabres stuff. I mean, they're having a field day with trying to find dysfunction. They're having a field day with trying to get rid of GMs. They're doing whatever they can to kind of not take, like, like um, nothing answers. So, like, a lot of teams are able to get away with that kind of stuff. But, you know, right now the Bills, when they go up to their press conference, they have to answer for, like, every little, like, you know, minute move-slash-decision that they need to account for. So when it comes to Gilleslie, like, my my perspective is pretty on record that um, I had a series of tweets earlier today, about an hour or two ago, um, kind of with my interpretation of what happened there. Um, so, first of all, if we tendered him, every the first thing that people say about Gilleslie is, well... Yeah, I didn't want to really spend 6.2 million over two years, but why didn't we give him the second round tender at 2.7 million? Okay, so real briefly, if you add that 2.7 guaranteed money to Lashawn McCoy's guaranteed deal, he would he would be the we would have the largest cap at running back in the NFL. So, and it wouldn't even be close beside Pittsburgh, who's just happens to be close to us because of Le'Veon Bell's franchise tag. So, right. which isn't really an indication of what they're spending on the cap because that's just a one year commitment. So. We would be in a lot we would have ten percent of our cap allocated to running back. So right there, that's 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 change.
1: That's PR that's a PR disaster. Are you kidding it me? Is, especially you a like, like, uh, you are
2: playoff Yeah, really.
1: Oh, what are you gonna do? Uh, last I checked, it's a passing league. That's what they've been telling me, it's a passing
2: league. You know? Yeah. You you know you gotta get Tom Brady. <laughs> So I think, no, you're right. And I think they took the damned if you don't um, approach here. But I think they took the better approach, even though they're going to take a little heat for letting him go. I think it's still the right approach because Whaley can claim that he was consistent. He can say, I placed a $1.79 million value on Mike Gillisley and that was it. That was what he was worth. He was worth no more. If we lose him, we get get an extra fifth round pick. um, That we're just not going to allocate another dollar other than that. And he can stay consistent. See, to me, it would have been a real flip-flop decision if he would have said, well, we can't place a second-round tender, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we can uh, we can honor the $4 million this year. Well, that doesn't line up, so why wouldn't you have given him the second-round tender at that point? So, um, to me, at least he stayed consistent, and he can go with the PR of saying, well, he was worth $1.8 on our board. Our line blocks really well. Look at Carlos Williams. This year, we have Jonathan Williams plus a potential draft pick. Um that w- that's my indication of, of, of how this went down. He stayed consistent with this, and basically said he had a value. Someone wanted to overpay for him. We'll take your fifth round pick, and we'll take the remaining salary cap, and we'll allocate it elsewhere. So that's yeah, kind of what happened. They, they,
1: they save one point seven million, right?
2: Yeah, I, I they save one point seven million in real cash. They save about one point two million in cap space because the NFL's weird, where when you let someone go um, that makes more than minimum salary, call it six hundred thousand. Another another contract frees up, so you have to eliminate six hundred thousand dollars. Now that you have to pay to like your fifty third guy, and his salary comes off the book. So one point seven minus six hundred thousand. Does that make a little sense? Yes, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So really, it's only like one or one I'm one glad or one someone two. Someone gets
0: it because I don't. Jesus.
2: <laughs> so it's Lord super strange. The Lord, it, it, it makes a little more sense on final roster cuts. It's just everyone's paid, but right now, at least. You only take count for 53 players and it's really 51. So they'll give you salary relief on 51 to 90. So you don't have to pay them salary cap dollars. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah actually,
2: that's so, like
1: really nice of them. It is. Yeah. So
2: what happens though at this time of year, however, when you cut or let go or trade Mike Gillisley in this case, the next guy moves up the list. So call it like Jonathan Williams salary cap now counts. So That'll be six hundred thousand. You eliminated one point eight, so you really only save one point two in cap space. Mm. However, you gain about at one point eight in the actual cash dollars that you can actually allocate. So that was some of the biggest issue with giving him a second round tender. Is that's not only cap space, but Mike Gillisley is guaranteed and written a check for two point eight million dollars if he gets that cap guaranteed cash, nothing, no injury restrictions, nothing. So. It's more than just – football is still, even though we have Terry Pagula now rather than Ralph Wilson, it's still a business. So when you are allocating that much money, especially after LaShawn's deal, you have to make decisions where we're going to restrict – we're going to give him an RFA tender at the lowest level. If we keep it at 1.8, great. If someone signs him, we get a fifth. If he walks, we still get that fifth. However, you know we're not going to slap that 2.7 because if we want to keep him, it'll only be one year at 2.7, and then we're going to have to renegotiate a contract starting at his tender level. So, with all that being said, it was way too much financially, and it was way too much, including that three fifth round pick now, 163rd overall, which is like a you know a nothing pick to some people. However, um, you know you can still find a starting level player in the fifth round, especially in this deep draft. And guess what's funny? Mike Gillisley was taken 164th overall. We have the 163rd pick for him. So, if nothing else, we took a guy off the street. We let him run in our offense, our great offensive line, running offensive line, and then we traded him for a fifth as our backup running back. So I, I don't think it's as big of a deal if he goes to Jacksonville. I really don't.
1: I have one one word here. What's that? Equity. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean Doug Whaley nails it in those those later rounds too. You know he you know he'll he'll find us a Carlos Williams or something. It's all good.
1: You know what's weird too. I'm not saying
0: another, you know, Carlos Williams. I'm not saying he's a right, great running back, right. but I'm just saying another guy like that. That was a, that was a great pick. I mean, didn't have much longevity, but we got one hell of a season out of that boy.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'm on record on your podcast yet, but I know I'm on many saying that our drafting before 2013 is just absolutely atrocious, and like it's pretty well documented how bad we we selected players. But from real Doug Whaley years on, starting in 2014. We've came out of drafts with players that are still on the team. So you have Sammy Watkins, Cyrus Ponjo in the second. You have Preston Brown in the third. I mean, you have Ross Cockrell, who's a starting level cornerback, who was a great selection in the fourth round, but Rex Ryan let slip out because he wanted to sneak him onto a practice squad. So I know, heard a
0: bunch you, of I heard a bunch of Steelers fans bitching about him during the season.
2: <laughs> did they? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Should he be covering number one receivers? No, probably no. not. No, nope. <laughs> no, no. And he wouldn't have been here either. And then you go to the really 2015, you know, he didn't have the first and took Ronald Darby. Then he took, you know, John Miller, who has proven to be a great guard. Mm-hmm. I got Carlos Williams, which was a good fifth round pick. You know, we know what happened there outside and off the field. Got Nick O'Leary in the sixth. Um, Desmond Lewis. So those those guys are still on the roster. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you go into last year and uh, you really get to see some more of them. I mean, we, we really are still keeping these players. Obviously, you got Shaq and Reggie, but then you get Adolphus Washington, who had meaningful minutes. You took, you know, Cardell, who was still yet to see. You got Jonathan Williams, who was a steal in the fifth round. Colby Listenby, who many people are really infatuated with. Kayvon Seymour, a number two cornerback in the sixth round. So you have these players are all on the team, right? That's kind of rare for us. So from 2014. Right, right. 2014 on yeah there's there's a few misses there Randall johnson's one um, but he's a seventh round pick carlos williams kind of bit us but he was a really productive player for one year at least and ross cockwell will be stupidly let go even if he's not a number one or two he's a great depth player slash third cornerback um and that's really funny that steelers fans had a problem with him because he ranked out pretty well on um Pro football focus, so it must just right, you know yeah, they must it, just be.
0: It, it's probably just like me me seeing like Facebook reactions like yeah maybe got after like a blown bad play a, yeah, yeah got yeah. blown up on a touchdown or something. He
2: actually is actually ranked the 28th best cornerback in the NFL last year, so he's no actually kidding. ranked out as a number one corner bottom end, yeah. but he ranked out as a, a bottom end number one cornerback. So
1: That's pretty sweet.
2: a number two, yeah I mean, Coleman number two. I was gonna yeah.
0: say probably covering probably covering twos and threes though, so.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not they, they really struggled at the defensive back position. That's how they got a hold of um, someone like him. I mean yeah. they have William they have William Gay who I like a lot and they have Artie Burns who they drafted in the first round. And he was getting meaningful snaps over Artie Burns. So um, I it, it was a good pick. I don't really care who its team he's on now, that's still a sign that we had too much depth at the position at one point in two years ago, which, you know, we, we might have with Darby, uh, the year Darby got drafted. You know, you had you had a lot of players there. You had Corey Graham still so cornerback at that point. So you had, I believe, you saw Leotis McKelvin at that point. Yeah. So I mean, you you had cornerbacks there. Um. You know, you had four guys right there, and you know, we just didn't have any room for them. So that shows that we're keeping our players. And if if our draft picks are going on to start other places, that at least shows that we are we're scouting players properly. Well, what's not what, What's funny letting is letting him he... go is a mistake.
1: Yeah, I. I... I mean, it's one of those things, though, where, like, you just don't know. Because right. for me, it's like a guy like Rex, he comes in with this pedigree, I'm going to believe him. And, exactly. And, you know, yep. and so whatever Rex says goes, you're an idiot. You know, I'm I'm on record of pretty much saying that. Like, you know, and here I go. Um, but, I, you know, I wanted to transition into the draft a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't mean and,
2: to talk about pro- – and Both those players are pro it,
1: no, personal. no. It's okay. It's okay. But what's what's interesting about that is you talk about guys that just can't like totally do it, and it's like I we always like to root for Leotis McCalvin, and spotting the ball was an issue. Yep. And when I hear about cornerbacks, and I should just say defensive backs in general, especially cornerbacks that have a hard time tracking the ball, it like bothers the
2: hell out of me. I um, know. And it's probably because of McKelvin specifically.
1: Yes. Um, because he, it never a hundred percent clicked.
2: No, it didn't. That's, that's what, that's what his downfall. He showed a lot of promise elsewhere and just never really clicked for him. It, I don't, wasn't necessarily a bust of a pick. It just wasn't one of our better first round picks. Um, I wish he played a little better. It, it, you know, to be honest, in my take on cornerback, just real briefly draft wise, just real quick. Um, and then we can get into offensive positions. Is the Giants have won Super Bowls with some really bad cornerbacks? Um, there's teams that have started guys off the street in the playoffs at cornerback. And for as much publicity that, you know, and much as people pay these, this position specifically, you can win without them. Um, and specifically, and this is what we're going to get into now, is if you're good on the offensive side of the, game, uh, of the ball. Um, you, you maybe you, may, you might be good at safety. You might be good at D-line as well. However, you can get by with a deficient number two corner just playing average ball um, because there's other ways to play defense. And a lot of the times, here's my opinion, a lot of the times if you're not getting to the quarterback, it doesn't matter who you have playing cornerback because they're going to complete the pass. So you better have a good offense. So um, that's kind of my opinion. And we saw that with Stefan Gilmore a little bit where he would get discouraged mainly because some of those recs games we wouldn't be getting to the quarter uh, quarterbacks um especially rex's first year we saw some of that and you know gilmore's kind of left on an island for a long periods of time and last year we kind of saw him not not get the scheme so now that that guy is worth 12 million dollars so that's kind of my point where gilmore's played well at times but i just you know tread with tread with caution like unless he's got unless you're getting a top end like upper echelon cornerback I don't really see. I don't really see the middle ground there. I either want an average, decent guy, or like a top end, no doubt about it, player. I don't really need a above good cor- uh, cornerback. Does that make any sense? Um, the the
1: the draft is so deep. It, I don't care. Um, now that you got yeah. that fifth round pick, I don't care if you come out with. With two of them in the draft, and you you bring in freaking three undrafted free agents right exactly. alongside those running backs. I mean, they 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 need to figure it out. Um, don't use a top ten pick. though. was no, all I'm trying to no, say. no, definitely. And that's that's like the biggest case for the offensive position because uh, a little reset. On my take is uh, my my overall take is this: is we don't know we we know our team the best when we are in the season. Um, Right about now, we start learning about what this roster is going to shape up because the draft just tells everything. The draft yep. tells you everything. All the, yeah, in the y- next week,
2: you'll really have an idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's why it's like around this time for me, it's such... Uh, I, I can't bullshit people, to be blunt with, with you, Kevin. I just... I can't bullshit like that. You know, I can't pretend I know players. I'm not going to sit there. I am not a film junkie. I don't give a rat's ass about being a film junkie. There's too many variables i gotta see the competition are going against i gotta see well was somebody else hurt during that game like why didn't that work out well what's the time and the scenario when that big play went on i'm like you know what i mean like there's so many different variables and i don't got time to do that with a thousand players Sure. so i just can't you know do it so i really appreciate you doing it yeah um, absolutely
2: and then Eric even takes it a step further for us. For you know, than I, than I even can. He has access to different stats and functions and ratings. Um, and I basically take a version of film with my own opinions, with my own thoughts, and uh, I, I merge that with what other people are saying and kind of reading scouting reports and like people that get in front of these guys and actually interview them. Like, like I mentioned last time, I don't. We don't get to sit down and poke and prod these guys. We don't get to interview them. We don't get to ask them weird questions about their girlfriends or whatever it is that they get asked. Right? Um, You know, we don't get access to any of that. So we can only do these player um, rankings with such a grain of salt, knowing that this is just based on their skill level or what they could be. Not, we, we, we don't get to, I don't get to, just like you don't have time to watch, um, you know, 500 players. We don't, we don't get the opportunity to sit down in front of 200 players to talk to them.
1: Yeah. And and it's like, You know, for me, it's how can we streamline the information? And and I'll be honest with you. um, At the end of the season, um, I kind of went on a tangent there. At the end of the season, I looked at it like, we know this team. And we know it ain't Tyrod Taylor that's blowing these games. I don't want to hear about it. Radio stations and papers.
0: They, they could try to tell – they, they they, they
1: yeah. got – yeah, you got to sell papers. There's a whole th- bullshit of, well, that's just how they are. You know, you just got to deal with it. And it's like, no, I really don't have to deal with it, actually. No, 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 I really don't. And, yeah, and, and that's, it,
2: that's a good point. You, you don't have to deal with it. Right. Um, so,
1: so think about this, though. If we knew that the defense was the problem and we knew that Charles Clay was underutilized, and, yes, we did have a Robert Woods – We do need to fill that void. But I had a really hard time at the end of the season going, damn, we need a receiver. Because you already know who's leaving the team by then if you could do any arithmetic. So I did not think, damn, we need a receiver. But now I am more like, damn, we need a receiver. And (laughs) I, I mentioned this recently. Steve Tasker broke me on this when I heard him with John Murphy. And he goes, Tyrod Taylor throws the ball deep, really nice. You know how much room that opens up, especially in that zone running game for LaShawn McCoy? Like, that's a lot of middle-of-the-field open. That's a You know what I'm saying? You got these athletic fullbacks. It might make sense that they draft a receiver. Yep. Or even the O.J. Howard and, kid, if that's what they want. And if he is really that good... Maybe you do it, but I hope this ain't Eric Ebron syndrome.
2: No, no, and we can get into that now. Um, you know, we have a 100, I think I may have mentioned this last podcast, but we have 140 targets to replace, right? So that's a ton of targets, and we're talking 140 targets between Justin Hunter, we're talking Marquise Goodwin, and we're talking Robert Wood. So it's not like we're missing 140 targets. that went to Sammy Watkins or something. We're talking about targets of actual players that are legitimately not on their roster. So... With that being said, yes, Philly Brown will take a few. Um, you know, Andre Holmes will take a few. I don't really see anyone else on the roster taking that many. You know, Watkins will get his extended targets because he was injured for half the year, so there'll be some there. But we're still missing number two target numbers. So if you start at the top, you have Mike Williams. A lot of people have had a lot of time to to kind of dissect Mike Williams and say, well, you know, he's not really that fast. He's not that fast. Okay, so I don't care. I think he's a really good football player. I think he's one of the best high-pointing players in the NFL um, draft. And if you look at a player like Alshon Jeffrey, he, he started to get the same type of, of um, criticism when he came out. He can't hype, he can't run. He can't do anything. He's big. He's gang- gangly. It's just going to be James Hardy because he came out the following year. He's right. just going to be James Hardy all over again. Now, Mike, you know Mike Williams is a six-four beast. He's Caught important passes in big games. You know, we, we watched him basically win the game for him in the national title game. So you can't tell me he doesn't play at the highest level. He balls out. You know, he's got that Anquan Bolden syndrome where, you know, for some reason we like to rank 40 like a little bit too high. And we like oh, to it's rank. so
1: stupid. If you can't. We like to uh, rank like
2: which cornerback is covering him. Like right. it, it, that's not, he doesn't choose if, you know, the, the number one cornerback in college football is against on the other side of the field.
1: What about um when I you know when I watch highlights of the kid, mm-hmm. he reminds me of like Brandon Marshall. Where like he, it's almost like when he catches the ball, he like yeah, knows how to, like he, he, he like yeah. knows how to like box somebody out a little bit. Like like I'm thinking like a slant. Like Steve Johnson was very good with with body positioning when he yeah. you know to get open and, and how to shield. You know what I'm saying? It's also a basketball thing. You know, so it's like um. You can make that – you can sell me on Mike Williams because I'll tell you what. When I heard that the Bills – I think it was uh, the year the Bills drafted Darius that the Bills liked J.J. J. Watt. Like, you know
2: – Yeah, I mean, that it, draft was it's awesome. Like,
1: it, it's what I'm trying to tell you, though, is that three, if you were to tell me that you would know J.J. J. Watt would be a monster, you would take J.J. J. Watt over Darius if you knew how it would turn out. And it's not saying that Darius is a bad player. It's just we know he's had some shit going on in his life, and and he's not really, um, um, you know, he's just not to to everybody. We we just know he's got a lot more to offer because I love the I, I love that dude, man. He's a great player, and it's like you know nothing against him, but it's just like if Mike Williams. You know, when, when guys who talk draft, they go, well, you know, you can't draft him there. It's like, why not? If that's your rating on the guy and that's where you want to draft him, that's where you draft him. Get the damn guy you want because at the end of the day, that first-round pick might be caught and that fifth-round pick might be the dude balling out.
0: Right, and I can totally value him in there, like, without feeling too funny about it because because of, you know, kind of going back to what Kevin was saying – the job he's going to be coming in here to do, he's not going to be put into like a situation like Sammy Watkins was where you're coming, coming in as the, the presumed number one receiver. You know what I mean? He would be coming in as, you know, expected to, to be behind Sammy Watkins on the depth chart. And he could be, he could be one of the, one of the top number two receivers in the league coming in and not having, you know, the additional pressure of being the number one right out the gate. And, and also, you know, having Sammy Watkins eating up all types of coverage on the other side of the field, it would, it would be a really, really, really good pair.
2: Yeah. And what's really funny is he's the one of three um, players that have ever gone over a thousand yards in consecutive seasons for Clemson. Um, He's pretty much shooing locked in with uh, Deandre Hopkins and Sammy Watkins you know, he's just as decorated as them in college. Um, Sammy was a little bit more. He's probably on pace with Hopkins' college career. Um, you know, look at all the Clemson U, man, for their, for their receivers. You have, you know, Martavius Bryant. I mean, you have a lot of talented players that have came out of there. And the, the number one thing that I like to say is people, people think that he, you know, plays like A.J. Green and does have the route running skills of Michael Floyd, although Floyd ran into some recent off the field issues and I believe right now he isn't on a team. Um however, you know a lot of people consider him like a combination of A.J. Green and Michael Floyd because of the physical ingredients and his ability to be a number one pass catcher in the NFL. He just has the combination that's required. So
0: I mean if Michael I don't think, if Michael Floyd really needs somewhere to go, I mean I'd take him. <laughs>
2: I think he's in from pretty serious trouble right now. Um, yeah, did Sean you see McDerm- that video?
0: Yeah, that, yeah, but still, Sean, Sean McDermott's not going to put up with that.
2: No, especially not with the draft here, and I think he's going to have to sit out of the draft this year personally, or excuse me, sit out of the NFL this year personally, and you know, see if he can make a comeback. So, yeah. Um, well, however, we're well, talking about the, the player when he's playing. Yeah, I mean, um, so you know, he's just our uh uh, Williams is just—he's got that that body frame. He's tall. He's gonna, you know, high point the ball. A lot of people say, well, you know, he's not gonna jump over, you know, Richard Sherman or Patrick Peterson. I'm like, yeah, you might not, but you're talking about him immediately being as good as the number the best five cornerbacks. I don't really see that happening. So
1: now make now make the case for Corey Davis because sure. Now again, everybody out there from the I don't know shit guy me. <coughs> He sounds like a, um sound really disrespectful, and I don't mean it. A more polished Robert Woods coming out where it's like yeah. we got <laughs> – excuse me – Robert Woods, really second round. So it's like, you know, if you're a second-round pick, what's that tell you?
2: Yeah, and, you know, so we'll start with Davis. I mean, he's probably the best receiver to ever come out of the MAC, and that's including Antonio Brown in college. Um, you know, he's – he's looking to join Randy Moss as the only guy to ever be drafted in the first round. Um, and from the Mac and, you know, he attacks the ball. I mean, he's vicious. He runs a sweet route. Um, he really is a pure, pure receiver. And I do believe a day one starter for our organization. Um, you know, he caught 150, uh, 1500 yards and 19 touchdowns. I mean, there's just, there's just nothing else to say. They beat Western Michigan, beat some good teams this year. They were ranked, um, so it's not like he's coming from, like, Liberty or, like, something a little low-end. Yeah, he plays a little mid-major football, but he's still playing D- uh, major D1. You know, they played Wisconsin in the, one of the BCS games. Um, so it's different than, like, a small school guy um, who isn't getting to play these teams at all. So, you know, he he compares to, like, a Michael Thomas from uh, New Orleans, except he's more athletic. So, you know, Michael Thomas is New Orleans' number one receiver. So
1: All right, so now uh, I got a question for you. Sure. So now this is not a setup. This is just me adding shit up here. Couple of bong rips. Things happen. Ideas happen. Mm. So look, okay, let's be real. What's up? The Bills are running a West Coast offense, right? Okay. So the the what what people who seem to know what the hell they're talking about say is okay. You had to be really on time with your throws. You had to, yep. to be really on time. Yep. Um, and for me. I really don't like this whole theory, and I'm not saying this is Mike Williams' game at all, but like, I really don't like when people say, just, you just gotta have that guy and just gotta throw it up. So, what I'm getting at here is if Mike Williams is not as polished as a route runner, as say, um.
2: Are you talking about Mike Williams or Corey Davis?
1: I'm saying Mike Williams. If he's not okay. as much of a, as good as a, a, of a route runner as Corey Davis. Okay. I think immediately that Corey Davis just being in the right spot alone would make more of an impact. That said, um, you know, if you could have a couple go-to routes for maybe Mike Williams, that would be pretty tight too. But, um, and Mike Williams didn't really that slow. didn't even run like a four or five or something. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about like, um, you know, you can't get enamored with those numbers. I got guilty of it a while back, you know, and and, and then you see, you know, if you guys get – watch the numbers of these guys who they bring in, undrafted yeah, guys, free agents, and they have, like, wild, wild numbers. Like, wait, he weighs that much or ran that fast? Damn, this guy's a freak. No, he re- he's really not that good. So I'm just saying I, I think if you want to cool. win now, right, yeah. would you – understand the Corey Davis case. Cause I think if you're running a West coast offense and then it's about timing. Um, I think that's, you know what I mean? That's, that's more important than the might not be able to read the defense is good type shit. But again, the Corey Davis argument is he's, he's not in the same competition level. And it's like, Mike Williams is a big man. Yep. Does he have, yeah, the, does he have the work ethic? Uh, is he going to make an impact right off the bat?
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they both will. I mean, they're both very similar, which is very strange. And in, in years alone, it would be a little bit more obvious, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. They like they both ran, you know, Corey Davis is said to be able to run like a high 4.4s. Um, you know, Mike Williams ran a 4.49 and a 4.52. So, yeah, they're both sufficient speed-wise. Um, Corey Davis actually has the FBS record for five 5,200 receiving yards in his career, which is just absurd. That's a lot um, yeah, that's for the and, amount of games uh, that
1: they play, oh yeah. oh my and 50, God.
2: 52 career touchdowns, and 50 starts. So, um, you know, he just dominated a, a conference in which Antonio Brown came from, Randy Moss came from. So there, there's things to be said there that you know, it's once again, it's not like he was in FCS. You know, he, he's right. playing actual teams that have actual, you know. I'm I'm sure he actually probably lined up against Khalil Mack at one point. Um, you know, obviously he's Khalil Mack's on a corner. However, um, point to be sad, there's defensive players on these teams that are, you know, at NFL players. So it's not like they're playing, you know, D three or something. Uh-huh. You know, Corey Davis is putting up in, <laughs> in, in major football.
1: I'll I'll so. be I'll be honest with you. I, I think um uh if you take away Flash for, for me at least. You, you could sell me on, on drafting a lot of things this year, and okay. and if you think that 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 Corey Davis can give you that impact, you know what I mean? I would be. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I would not, be. I would be all for it because he just sounds like a, I want guys who are ahead of the curve.
2: If he's if, yeah, if, Roger, if What's that? If he gets picked, if send me a text because I him and Mike Williams would be immediate uh, upgrades and immediate great picks for me
1: who's so. who's right behind them they say it's oh it's a deep receiver draft because here's the deal is for me is i love the idea of mike williams i really do maybe it's that hope sammy stays which i think would be like a dumb argument because sammy ain't staying because a clemson guy got drafted you're stupid you know what, right. what i mean <laughs> like that ain't happening so don't even think about that yeah
2: yeah yeah the next guy would be john ross 511 188 absolute stud burner from Washington. He runs like the crispest routes I've ever seen. He's pretty much Deshaun Jackson. So um he's a burner. He obviously broke uh, the record forty time record. So um That yeah,
1: guy's th- been all the hype quote unquote. He climbing, runs a four two two I mean, you, he, can't you can't cover
2: him. 5-11, so he's not tiny. No,
1: not at all. Nope. So did I tell you I just realized that Kobe listened to you is six foot recently?
2: Yeah, same, same type of thing. You add in that elite route running and you got you know, you have a guy like John Ross. A lot of people say he's like the next Brandon Cook slash Deshaun Jackson. So I mean you're getting a purebred number one receiver and this guy can burn the field. So you add him in Watkins just like Steve Tasker was talking about. You know, you're adding an immediate immediate, probably one of the best deep threats to come out in a while. So um, I do he's not gonna give you that high point that Corey Davis or Mike Williams will do. So like you say, like if you don't mind when you say toss it up and and you say that that's stupid anyways, then, you know, John Ross could be your guy because he's an absolute route runner. He just, just watch some, just watch quick YouTube on him, do something. He is just pure man. With him, it's all about his knees checking out. And if that, if they're okay, there's no doubt. He's one of the best receivers that has, that have came out in a little while, probably since Sammy and Odell, Brandon Cooks. So he'd he'd be the best receiver. If he was alone without those two guys, he'd be the best receiver and he'd probably be the best receiver in the last like three drafts.
1: Now there's a, there's a tight end out of Miami and then you got, we talked OJ Howard last podcast. And so like now let's talk um, those two, those two tight ends and compare them to the three receivers we just mentioned. Yeah. So, so I mean, here's the advantages of a tight end to me is They're going to be running a lot of two tight end sets. That said, you got Nick Mm -hmm. O'Leary, his work ethic. I don't know him personally, but I do know that when I watch players and they seem to get it, they get it and he gets it. And it's like, I don't, I'm not saying he's a dynamic player, but he's a very willing blocker. Um, I don't know if I would like, I don't know like how, I don't I don't remember like Lee Smith levels out of the guy, but like his rookie year, he wasn't really that good at that. So, yep. you know, I just don't know if these guys, I'm just saying there's something to experience. I, I kind of don't mind the guy who's played for a couple of years and like, if you think OJ Howard's an upgrade over Nick O'Leary and can block and do everything that's asked of him at the tight end position his rookie year. You want to make immediate impact? I mean, he could, but, like, a lot of people say that tight end is one of the hardest positions to learn because you not only have to know how to run routes, you have to know how to block, and you have to understand blocking schemes. Like, it's not – and pass protection. I mean, come on. Like – this is crazy, you know, and it's like if you're going to have a guy that you're just going to move around, be the versatile guy. Everybody wants a versatile guy. Everybody's versatile. Damn. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're all great athletes right now. The the, the athletes have not gotten better. Like, right. we're at the peak. We're at the pinnacle. So,
2: so like. If, if we start at the top with tight end. So, we'll start with David Njoku, the tight end from Miami and Florida. Um, 6'4", 246, um, you know, sophomore, redshirt, sophomore. I mean, he was a part-time star, so he's not going to have the flashy production that any of the three receivers we just mentioned are, or OJ harlord Um, he is just dripping with athleticism. This is going to be your guy more similar to Eric Ebron. He's going to have a, you know, a be- really come in immediately a good receiver an above average blocker still probably able to be on the level of Nick O'Leary in blocking, and then you add in the fact that he's just a much better receiver. You do get an all-around twelve personnel, um, which is two tight ends. You have twelve personnel, tight end, and you're, you're able to do different scheme things there. At 10th overall, he would be behind those three receivers I mentioned. However, if we traded back, he is immediate consideration for me as a player there. Um, he, he's good. I, I, you'll notice from me, I don't ever get too crazy about players who don't overproduce in college, he had a good uh, sophomore year where, you know, he, you know, caught up a, a couple touchdowns and, you know, he finally, he was only a sophomore. So, I mean, he finally showed out. So 43 catches, 698 and eight touchdowns. So he had some production that's good in the, in college football for tight ends. Um, very rock solid to me. He's a good, solid prospect. He's a re- very solid, probably 20, 20th to 30th overall player. So absolute consideration if we decide We don't like the value at 10. We want to trade back OJ Howard and our safeties are gone. Whatever happens, we trade back and want extra picks. And then Njoku could be a pick there. Um, Segwaying more into OJ Howard just for a minute, I know we talked about him. He's an absolute monster. He's probably the best tight end, blocking tight end in the the draft. And then you, you throw on the fact and he can still develop there and be even better. And then you throw in the fact that he's just, like, the best receiving player in the draft. I mean, he runs a 4-4. I mean, he's just an absolute, just vicious monster. So you throw that on to the fact with, um, you know, you throw that in with a Charles Clay and just like we talked about last week, you know, just nightmare matchups. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's just literally no way to cover it without, like, a very solid Luke Keekly or, like, the top safety in the game. You're adding in a dynamic piece that people aren't used to yet I mean you're talking about a four four tight end I mean it's just it's crazy to me like he's six six two fifty
1: I think that there's a theme going on with the bills here um what's that? They're trying to get bigger at the, at that receiver position and and I kind of like railed something off I think Deacon or somebody was like, dude, you said that and and I, I railed something off. That was like the Bills should just get these big ass targets. You know what I mean? Just just get these big dudes. Yep. And you know, again, a tight end at ten. It's like all I care about is you could tell me that you could find a right tackle at ten. I don't care. Like, I truly don't care. Right. Because it's good value. You know, and it's like for the expensive positions, it's nice to have like a stagger. You, do you ever notice that? Like there's like a four-year gap, you know, if you notice like Mario Williams to Jerry Hughes, Jerry Hughes to Shaq Lawson kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know, so it's like um, Cordy Glenn and then, you know, you have his contract and then you have another guy, a right tackle, you get him in the first round, he's $2 million a year. And, and, and I'm sorry, man. I used to love crushing Jerry Jones and I hate the Cowboys. I absolutely hate the Cowboys, but now that they've been losing for a while until last year, it's kind of like, all right, you know, and it's kind of like an interesting story with Dak Prescott and the kid who allegedly beats women um, there. And, you know, it's like that offensive line is enormous.
2: And yeah, it's, the best in football, yeah.
1: Right. So you got four guys in his offensive line that are very good players. Maybe Eric Wood is the weakest link of the four as far as creating out, right? You have Groy. Now, I don't know if maybe the plan is that Groy could be good enough to be that solid right tackle because he played tackle in college, but if you're telling me that there's a guy out there that you really think, because Roy will make a lot of physical sense, um, or he even just slides in front of Eric, if people think that he'll he'll be that much more improved or not. It depends how you want to look at the numbers with how you guys grade him out. Um, but I, I will say, if you tell me you could have that, that, that right tackle, and that would give Tyler Taylor a little bit more time, and we okay. could see those passes over the middle... That that people want to see, which I think we will see. Yo, to be fair,
0: Tyrod had mad time.
2: Yeah, he had the most in the NFL last year. I'm saying.
0: How much more does he need?
1: Yeah, but, dog, I feel like that guy did not, like, sit in the pocket, though. You follow me? I felt like he, like, was not comfortable. And... A lot of times that right tackle spot was the most inconsistent spot, obviously. You know, so I just think about what you could do with, like, that zone running. You know, it, it would just be incredible, and I think it would be better for a quarterback. It, it, it just feels like Dak Prescott and that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line, like, look at the damage they did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see your point. I mean, I get what you mean. It um, would be like notes, the final piece. Two notes: the offensive line, um, in spite of having a weak link at right tackle, um, still led the league in rushing um, yards per carry, um, time in the pocket. I mean, they they they. It could go to the fact that teams were zone covering Tyrod Taylor. It's more what it has to do with where. Teams are rushing just their three or four pass rushers and dropping their linebackers to make sure Tyra doesn't beat them. So there's a little bit there. However, um, I don't see the need. I mean, remember, there's one like little tidbit that sometimes as we break these players down, we forget. And that's that um, we had a top 10 offense in almost many in many statistical, obviously, beside pass yards. In almost every other category, you know, lack right. of turnovers and rushing yards, um, scoring. You know, there there wasn't really a complete issue. There were times where we were slow and dead. Um, Happens, football, teams play defense at some time. Um, though, could use a little more consistency, but for the most part, we, we sported a top-10 offense in a lot of ways. So that was to say, you know, that our bottom – seven defense or eight defense just completely didn't mesh up. Um, If we could ever pair those two together, we'd make the playoffs. However, to me, I think you need to replace Woods. I think you need to immediately get that pass catcher to get open. At times when we struggled is when Sammy Watkins is on the field or or LaShawn McCoy sits out. You know, you're you're in trouble there when you're losing your playmakers. So rather than, like, have an offensive line that's blocking for Justin Hunter trying to get open, you're blocking for, you know, you might have a little bit weaker blink at right tackle, but now you have Corey Davis and Sammy Watkins running on down the field, or O.J. Howard, or, you know, you get what I'm saying there. So, to me, I, I'll take tackle. There's a few I like. It's a pretty weak offensive line class, so I think we were in the clear with not needing to reach on one of those guys. Uh, you could see one later in the draft. But outside of, like, Ryan Ramchak, you know, he's pretty much a top-20 pick. Garrett Bowles is flying up board still in the 20s. Cam Robinson's in the 30s. Um, And then Forrest Lamp, the uh, right guard, right tackle prospect, he's going to absolutely be a dominant day one starter at either right guard or right tackle. Um, You know, he's skying up the boards now in the 20s. So those are really pretty much it.
1: You're making the argument that, that, you know, when people say skying up the boards, Mm -hmm. there's only so many positions that can -hmm. sky up the boards. So I look at it like – the Cordy Glenn situation where that guy, one of the guys is going to slip down in the second round. And that's my favorite part about the draft is not a first round pick, but it's everything after.
2: Does okay. that make sense? Because I like to see yeah, how it does. Things, Let's see what you mean. Um, how, yeah. So, you know what you just skying did? up the board, Signing up the board too, can mean it there. It's weak at that position as well. Right. Like, people are finding out about this guy. They need to take him because if not, you know, they're the depth at those specific positions are, isn't great.
1: You know what you just did though? Is you reconfirmed like a thought I had, and I just totally forget when I talk receiver. Is I have to think what life would be like without Sammy Watkins and another playmaker again at the receiver position, and my life would be hell. Yeah, and it's like you know, for years I don't drink the Kool Aid, okay? Clearly, there's a reason I decided to talk. About the Bills. Like, I'm not drinking all the Kool-Aid. And I think I really need to see it for what it is. Sammy Watkins' contract was up in a couple of years. I don't trust. And if they even take his option, by the way. I don't trust that he's going to want to stay. Because yeah. that would mean your quarterback position's figured out. Two... The cheapest way to replace it, to to get a playmaker, a game changer, is through the draft. And I made the case just like three podcasts ago. No way, no way you go defensive back all day because he's going to get more snaps. And yada, yada, yada. But, like, if you have a dude where you you light him up in training camp a little bit, you show what he could do, you know, you feature him, maybe get things just guessing, you're opening up a lot for Lashawn McCoy. Right. And... And so what I'm getting at here is I think I really need to actually maybe believe the draft to say Mike Williams could be a Buffalo Bill. I think i am just been in denial. Um, you know, it's hard to admit that. And I know I was just like hammering the tail for right tackle a whole like six minutes ago. But I'm just saying that you can sell me on so many different ways to cut this this pie of the draft, if you think you need a a great right tackle, which is worthwhile to some people, maybe you get one in the second round, maybe you find one in the first round, however way you grade it, like it would be boring as hell. Like obviously 10 is like, no way, you know, like, come on, you're you're out of your mind. Like I get it. I get it. But it's like Mike Williams, you, you think it would open things up, right? Yeah, I so. mean,
2: with as good as our offensive line is, it really is like one of our better ones in recent times, at least. And then you throw on the fact that you, what we've talked about last time, I believe, um, might have been on my first time on a couple times ago. But with our depth of at offensive line, with Dukas, with Ryan Groy, who you're paying two point five million to be a backup interior lineman, um, you're paying. You know, you have Quan Joe there as a left tackle, as long as he's okay mentally. Um, you know, you have you know, Chantrell Henderson still, you, you have a really good backup five, in my opinion. Sure, it could always be better. Sure, we could address the right tackle position. But um, to me, I think that, that it's, it's a solid position. And with some of our, you know, bigger needs right now, I think, you know, if we're going to take a right tackle, it either needs to be just a standout guy who fell and we got great value in the second round or a guy, you know, we, we build for depth in the, one of those fifth-round picks. So, um And that's more where I'm leaning that I don't really think you see one. You might see a right tackle picked in the fifth round that kind of competes with Mills and Henderson. But I pretty much think that that position is going to be left alone for the most part and make sure we address the defensive back, the linebacker spot and, you know, a pass catcher of some sorts and, you know, when you throw in a guy like Corey Davis, he also blocks. Robert Woods was a great blocker, and then as well as OJ Howard. You know, you, you need to add that blocking dynamic as well. So you get a little bit of that when you're going with a weapon too. That that's going to help your offensive line when you have a guy like Howard and Charles Clay in 12 personnel. Now you have good blockers who can catch, and defenses aren't putting as much pressure on your offensive line because if they do, they're going to get beat on zone beaters. So, you know, you know, those are pretty much, you know, kind of my my interpretation is that. You know, you're getting a guy with Howard that can do things other than just run down the field and catch, even though he's dynamic at it.
1: So I have to ask you a question then. Sure. Do you think that more people made a big issue out of the right tackle spot than needed to be? Because yeah, I, I, I was talking with Eric about this, uh, Eric Turner at cover one, and he was saying, um, you know, Jordan Mills can just get his confidence. Um you know, back that would be, you know,
2: pretty. It good. would be good. He didn't play very well, and he, and i'd I'd like to see him compete and get better, and or get replaced if he can't. I mean, Sean trell could be back and healthy. Cyrus could move over there. Or what about what
1: about to... Sean um suspension?
2: Is there wasn't there like an update on that? Um. Yeah. He probably still has. He sat out some of his games, didn't he? He probably has he got a ten game suspension, didn't he? I thought so I think he probably sat out five of them already maybe even more than five he's already sat out. He's definitely back with a reasonable amount of time so that's so that's, we'll to, so, un, we'll,
1: that's so unfortunate
2: yeah we'll have to I'll have to look into that. he suspended ten games in November, so um. Yeah, that would probably leave only five or so. He probably has, like, call it four games last. It could be four or five. I'm not exactly sure.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I so. mean, I thought kid was really promising. Um, so, okay, well, shut down on the on the tackle spot. So you got me out of that. Look how much things change in, like, 12 minutes now. Time update. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, so who are guys that, Say so you were to ask me, I you know, we were busting chops before we started this. Like, what if they took a running back at 10? And I was like, well, they are kind of due for a running back because they haven't taken one in the first round since Filler, which is what, like, 09? Yep. So if they did that, I would just quit being a Bills fan, probably. I would just be like, I'm done. No. Like, you got... You can't do that. So no,
2: not not on any of them. No. Okay.
1: There's always next year.
2: Okay.
1: Yep. And, and and the guys, by the way, who hammer the table that you can find a running back in in any round and just get them off the street. Don't bitch about Gillisley. Then don't right. don't don't say take one in the first round. You can't be that guy. It doesn't add up. So you got to pick. You're just bitching the bitch. So. Dude, you make the case to me on running back. Let's see how quickly um, I change. I'm looking at the seconds right now. So, so we're talking second round then? I, no, I no, really no, no, no. I'm looking at like my time meter. On my, oh, 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 on oh, oh seconds joke. as yeah. time.
2: Oh, I thought you meant second round. I'm picks. saying
1: you could probably blow the wind a certain way and I would change my opinion. So you can try to sell me on running back right now.
2: I mean... I don't want one either. So, but let me, let me predict, let me say like I do. Um, you know, you got Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. I mean, all three of them are probably some of the best running backs to come out of the, in the draft in a long time besides Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so really, you know, for a team that needs a running back, let's call it, you know, we talked about some of our opponents last week. So, you know, Oakland, if they don't do anything there and we talked about a couple other teams, I believe, um, New Orleans, I forget who else, who else did we bring up that really could use a running back, but these guys right here um, are three day one starters. Like we're talking talking to you about like guys that can come in and rush for a thousand plus yards immediately. So, you know, if, if you're looking at it on a Bill's perspective solely, you know, you're looking at McCoy who has a ton of miles. He does get nicked up at least a game or two, always, every single year. Nothing serious, but it's always out a game or two. Um you're adding in that it would be nice to give someone, you know, some carries and have them at a reasonable contract. These guys would be under contract the same amount Gilsley just got signed for, um or less. So, you know, you're allocating the same amount of money to like a really a pro bowl caliber player. Uh, you know, it really just depends. You know, Fournot comes in and can dominate the league. Christian McCaffrey's just such a grinder. Like he's just gonna always he's gonna be one of those guys that frustrates teams for ten years because they're not stopping him. And Delvin Cook just has that breakaway speed and is just phenomenal player. So, you know, although I don't want one myself, if the team, to me, if the team like really saw the long-term potential in a running scheme, the number one running scheme that you need to have consistent number one style Pro Bowl running backs, and they, they designated that they needed to get in this action and Fournette fell or Delvin Cook was their guy, I'd be shocked. However, you can. Th- these guys are super talented. You're not talking about Melvin Gordon. You're not talking about players who you know m- might be okay, like Donald Brown's, who went in the first round. Um, you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott style players who could come in and immediately go for 1,200 yards, no questions asked.
1: I don't know, um, man. You're not. You're not. You, you know. I'm looking to hit that game changing dinger, and uh, you're not giving it to me. I know. I just made the case for like the best offensive line of football potentially. Um, but like you know, man, it's just not. It's not dinging. Like it, he's not going. He's I not to get you. enough touches, man. You could you could tell me you almost. You could tell me on Mike Williams and and Corey Davis kid all day.
0: You know what? I bought it. I actually bought it because you brought up you know, the fact that you know McCoy does miss a couple games, and it's not just the couple games he misses too. It's the. It's the couple games back after that where you're watching and you're like, he ain't right. He ain't right. Get him out of there. No, that yeah, is true.
1: Can... That is true. People say like to say that, that he only missed a game. But really, he usually plays like two games. Probably like two games last year I felt soft. At least a year yeah, before he Yeah, he, he plays two did. soft
2: games and he's hurt after the first quarter in one game. So you're, Let's call it three games a year where you need this guy as a workhorse. Not to mention the 10 carries that the guy will get per, uh, at the season, like during the season when he's healthy. And... How about this? Like the last like kinda kinda thing I could say is that immediately adding one of those three that I mentioned, Fournette, McCaffrey, or Cook to your lineup, I mean you immediately probably have the best running game in NFL history. Maybe you have two of the best running backs ever. So you put that there in in a, in a running scheme with a running offensive line, you tell me what could happen with a running quarterback. You tell me exactly, you know, how that could go. You know, your season's not over if if McCoy gets hurt. You're protecting yourself. You know, next year could be a year we have to think about his salary uh, with McCoy. So you're really protecting, like you mentioned earlier, you're protecting yourself from the future Um, and, you know, taking one of these guys and you're really able to do things that you wouldn't, that most teams can't do. Most teams can't even field a running back. And you'd have two of the, like the, you know, some of the best running backs in the league. So you add those together that things can happen where you can't stop your running game, and all of a sudden, Sammy Watkins is wide open in single coverage all game. So
1: I don't know, man. Um, That's not, not doing it, dude.
2: Not doing. I mean, it. and it's it's mainly probably because I don't want to take one at ten. So
0: yeah, I mean, I was a I was a no when we started, but I'm gonna take it or leave it now.
2: Yeah. I don't Just know. think about I, it. I Lord think it's dumb, out.
1: man. Only one guy could be on the field at the same at, at a time, and it's like I want the That's guy who's not the all true. dude. I want the guy who's the all pro who's done it. Who like you know what I mean? Come on, bring in these like who's yeah, the, who's who's like- the weed guy that accidentally like threw a house party and got busted and arrested a couple times because he didn't stop smoking weed. That's the guy I want. You
0: know what I mean? Like if not. You, what are you gonna do? Roll up and smoke with him? Like No, I want the guy well, he's that suspended I want, out of the league, like
1: look, I want the Carlos Williams pick next year to to cover the spot.
2: You know what I mean? Like yeah, and, and I'm not advocating to take one at ten. I'm just saying right. if you take a guy like Fournette and look at it this way, he could be a ten year Pro Bowl player. So beyond LaShawn McCoy's final two or three, four seasons, whatever it is. Um, with his salary cap at, like, $10 million. You got a guy, like, a Pro Bowl-level, like, potential MVP at, you know, $3 million. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, a, a third lot. of my That's, that's a lot that's-
1: to say, though, dude. Like, that's a Pro Bowl player. I yeah, mean, and
2: I mean, the, these guys are some of the best running backs that have came out. The but, but after,
1: like-, like, I don't know, man. I, I just feel... The NFL is quite humbling to these early picks, you know? And sure. that, that running back spot is a lot of flash.
2: Yeah, and but like- one, one pick that can immediately translate beside linebacker is running back. Like you, could, It can immediately translate if they're on the caliber that these guys are. It, it's very humbling to guys that run for 1,500 yards at Michigan and aren't really that good. Uh-huh. Um, but you're talking about, once again, beside Ezekiel Elliott. You're talking about three of the best running backs that have came out into the draft in the last, you know, five ten years. So, I mean, like, does where, that- where
1: would you rank? So you would you you don't think like everybody before the season started this year was hyped on Todd Gurley? So like, okay, you, you're not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like, like, how would you rank these guys? No, to I never, a Todd I never Gurley. really like
2: Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was a different style of runner to me. Like, kind of more a poor man's Adrian Peterson style where he's pounding people and he's, you know, hard to bring down and it just never really was my style. I would rank, you know, pretty much getting a lady on bell style runner in Fournette. you know, Christian McCaffrey, you're getting like one of the fastest, you know, strongest, um, smartest guys that have ever played the position. So, I mean, in McCaffrey, I mean, you're getting like a really good pass catcher as well. So, you're really, get, you can add in that dynamic of like what we were trying to do with Reggie Bush before that failed. Like you're actually getting a guy that can, like you mentioned, can can be on the field um, in different zone reads, and, and can you know you can zone read with McCoy, and all of a sudden sprint out and have a and have a speed option with McCaffrey. There are plenty of things you can do in a West Coast system with multiple good running backs. Like, don't,
1: don't you think there's too much of like gadget
2: guys though? No, none of the, that's no. basically the, the strong point. None of these three guys are bad. Like no,
1: what, I, what I'm saying is, is like when the Bills still had Marshawn Lynch and they drafted Spiller, we all kind of knew like Lynch was gone, like they're going to try to trade him. But you, you're kind of like, well, you might be able to use him in these pads. It's pretty much like how Reggie Bush exactly was used in New Orleans. You know, like right? No, I mean I,
2: Reggie Bush was just on the twilight of his career, just washed up. I mean. McCaffrey is not a gadget. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's, you know, 5'11, 202 from, you know, from Stanford, one of the most decorated running backs of this of our generation right now. Um I mean, he's a nightmare to defend. Like you just teams like could not figure out how to defend him. I mean, t- we're talking about the top teams in college football. Um you know, he can receive the ball. He he's a yards monster. He's on the all-time like the all-time rushing list and you know, you're talking about a position in running back that supersedes, you know, you know, you got guys that did nothing. You got teams 20 years ago that did nothing but run the ball ever. They didn't throw the ball. And there's still teams that do that. And, you know, you have a guy that's 3,900 rushing, any third all time on the list. So, I mean, you, you have some special accolades there and kick and punt returns. You had another dynamics. So you got more time. You know, we were weak there last year, in my opinion, um, you know, we, we had guys that, you know, Tate was an okay punt returner, but kick return, we just didn't get the ball past the 25 no, ever. definitely
1: not. Definitely. Um, you could,
2: so I think so you're adding that there. So you're adding in a bunch, and now you're adding up the playing time, right? So you got those three games McCoy's out, you got kick kicking kick and punt, you got, uh, speed zone options, you got running plays, you got time when McCoy's off the field during the game, you've got, um, you know, you, you've got that second, you know, pass catching running back in the game. Now you're adding up the time there.
1: So can we play Madden and like split this guy wide? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and he can run like halfway decent
0: routes. Yo, so he's gonna be like the best dude in the next Madden.
2: I mean, like, look, I like, I mean, it's it's not a joke. Like Delvin Cook, like we didn't even mention him. He's um, people say he's like the next Marshall Falk, So I mean. We're not talking about, you're not talking about running backs that would be Melvin Gordon or okay. um, Donald Brown or these bums. Or I, I just CJ think, Spiller. I
1: just, I mean, I, I don't mean to be like a douche Like, I don't even know about the running back. It's like, for real, I don't even know because I, I hold LeSean McCoy in such high regard. I mean, I do too. It's like, dude, I'm like, I can't believe he's on my team. I'm still mad at one of my best buddies, Sean, because we are co-op partners in a, in a league. And he told us to, he told me to take told us we're taking Ray Rice. He's a Giants fan. He's like I can't root for McCoy. I'm like yo, you're an asshole. And McCoy had the rushing title that year, and I was pissed. And we had Ray Rice with was like three point three yards per carry. Like before he was beating his wife on film, he sucked. You heard it here, probably fifth, not yeah. first, but like. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just not a position on my radar. But if you want to get all gadgety, I mean, you could tell me that. Oh yeah, we can use him as a slot receiver and move him around. I Delvin mean, Cook you Cook ran might be for eight, eight
2: yards a carry, eight yards a carry. Like it's like one of the best ever. And LeSean McCoy not-
1: ran for like five what? Five in the NFL or five four in the NFL? on under twenty yards a carry yeah, but you're was still Mike Gillisley. Yeah, but Mike Gillisley had less carries.
2: But you're still under the impression we're replacing LaShawn McCoy. No, I like, know. No, one, no I one's just, saying uh, that. I,
1: I I know you don't want a running no, back. No, but like town. two I'm years like, from
2: now, we we got to. So
1: <laughs> I really like running backs, and I like want uh, like I, I want I, I love those players. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I wish that. There would. I, I wish they would take like a mid-round guy, or they would bring in and somebody they, and, interesting know, that that this is could do that. just a conversation,
2: that. and they, they will. You know, they're going to take the the third to fifth round guy. I mean, there's no there's no real doubt about it. However, if these guys are so high in their board, like they could be, you you don't know. Like he Cook is just seriously one of the best you know players I've ever seen play football. I mean, he really is. He's going to be a really good pro and. And in 10 years when McCoy's retired, you're going to say – you're going to listen back to this podcast and say, holy shit, what was I talking about? Um,
1: Dude, I say that after every podcast, and I'm, gonna, <laughs> and, and I'm already thinking about my Twitter. Like, I feel like the biggest idiot on this podcast right now, and I don't know anything
2: and then they about like, these guys. Like, no, I mean – the Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. And lastly, they compare Fournette to, like, Larry Johnson. So you, you're you getting, like, three potential, like, one, some of the best ever to play the sport.
0: Right, and what I was gonna say I don't know, too man no, another another thing to think about here is if the Bills do end up trading a few slots back in the first round here, these guys might one of these guys might still be there and be head and shoulders the best player available on the board. And you Could don't be. you don't want your team to not draft that guy necessarily. You and, know what I'm saying? And then
2: Right, and then one final point so that you can add one final like point to the list is Fournette's supposed to be like one of the best blocking um, running backs in the NFL? Just like off the bat, like he's a, he's just a he's a freak. Um, and here's a here's a point I'll leave you with: the Falcons lost the Super Bowl because Dante Freeman, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL, did not pick up his assignment and left his quarterback out to dry with his receiver wide open. So. Um. That's we'll leave it there too. So in passing downs, McCoy can be a little lazy if he's not coming out for a pass.
1: Yeah, McCoy was not. Um, so there you on his go. So you that was that was the coldest truth ever. Hey, and you want to know something? Bring back Fred Jackson for passing downs.
2: Well, how about this? Instead of Fred Jackson, tie in actually a good running back that can play kick returner, punt returner, um, speed option guy. He can block for you. He can play the games that McCoy gets hurt. He can take the secondary carries against. An O-line that let Mike Gillisley run for five-plus yards a carry. All of these things who, who's, equal.
1: Who's a later guy you could do that with, like later back end of the draft, do you think?
2: Um, some of my back end of the draft running backs, and you know these are a little bit more up in the air. Like We're talking about three of some of the best running back prospects, but no, as quickly as you drop, because those three are so good, beside Alvin Kamara from Tennessee, he's a second-round pick who I really like. Um, there's no other real guy that, like, bumps out to me until you get to, like, the fourth and fifth round. And then you're talking about, like, Wayne Gellman from Clemson. You're talking about Dante Foreman, Deonta Foreman from Texas. You're talking about Kareem Hunt from Toledo. Um, you know, I mean, depending on how you feel about Joe Mixon, um, I mean, you've got guys there that, you know, can really, really play the position. And my favorite, I'll leave you with Kareem Hunt from Toledo. He's probably a fourth-round pick, but guy ran for, like, man, he ran for... He's 5'10", 216, very similar one-cut runner as Gillis Lee. I think he ran for something like 1,500 yards last year. So, um, you know, those are the guys that are more hit and miss. You know, these are the guys that you're not trying to take too much away from LaShawn McCoy from. So, but these are these are guys that could fill in nice as a running back too.
1: All right, so if I was a rink... Off- offensively how I would do this, from the bottom would be running back. And that okay. snapshot would be tackle. Why was okay. I thinking tackle? I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, what's available and what's I projected mean, to thinking, come like, out next year. You're thinking that right like,
2: tackle was weak. It's not a terrible thought. I mean, it's... I don't think we need it, but right tackle was, like, a weak point. It just didn't really cost us really anything, so.
1: Okay, so...
2: Guards below tackle. I mean, I don't think we need a guard.
1: Oh, no. I wasn't even going to rank the internal oh, oh, okay. line at all.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Uh, no, nah, that's not even enough. Not even De- on the radar? Nah, dude. No. Not
0: even on the team?
1: No. Remember that time? I mean,
2: with, with re-signing Groy on his offer sheet... To back up Richie and and uh, John Miller, there's just no need for guard.
1: Well, well, Donald Jones right. hammers a uh, hammered the table to like throw Groy at right tackle, and I'm like, yeah, if he's a smart football player and he's played tackle before, they're at least Offensive line combinations, they're always trying wild shit, sure. anyways. Yeah, you well, know
2: what I mean? I don't mind to sign him up in minicamp initially as our starting right tackle. Exactly. But he just presents, though. He just presents like really. Great uh, center right guard depth. Like, he's just an immediate upgrade at your sixth line spot. So, you should really try to figure out right tackle instead of switching there and having the average. You're talking about like one of the best backup offensive linemen in the league. So, it's tough.
1: So, um, who could the Bills pick in this draft that if you want to, if we want to wrap on this, probably, which could go as long as you want um or not and
2: yeah we could wrap on this what do you got if if i pick one okay. guy
1: that does in the first round because i don't know if i'm going to catch up with you before because i i told you before i, okay. I have another episode that we're going to do of sleeper picks and if you want to do okay. it you know cool so um because the sleeper picks are what you want to hear you know when you want to hear audio for what they're going to do friday and saturday and what i want to know is who could we be shocked that they take at ten? That 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 we we might want to know their name.
2: You know what I mean? Just, like a, just like, out of pure shock. Well, we talked about like the three. Running like,
1: like, do you think like quarterbacks? I've never actually talked quarterbacks. Is there like would, yeah, would, I mean, you, you, would you be, be shocked if if Watson yeah. came? Because if there's one thing I don't like is is inaccurate quarterbacks. I don't want to hear they can be taught. You know it's it's.
2: Mm. Yeah, one of the things, yeah, I mean, this year especially, you should be aware of Trubisky and Watson. I mean, those are two guys that have shock value. If Terry Pagula is really behind the wheel saying, I need to have this guy in the system, then there, there it goes. Like, get ready for it. For me, and we've talked about it a tiny bit, but like cornerback, outside of Marshawn Lattimore, like Kevin King or like a, a Gary and Conley, those would shock me. Like, I don't necessarily want to take a top 10 player at that position with all the depth there Uh, we talked about humphrey a little bit last time but even he would slightly shock me when most people have him in the 20s so humphrey conley king you know dory jackson some of those cornerbacks are sneaking up draft boards and would definitely be like a shocking name for me to hear that we're reaching on like the third or fourth cornerback at 10 overall that would be kind of that would set me back a little bit um the safeties are good. I mean, obviously, the news about Jabril Peppers today, like, I mean, I guess he could be a shocking pick there um, for people that don't want to hear his name called.
0: Yeah, there's your weed guy, Dave. You get Jabril yeah. Peppers.
1: Yeah, it's not confirmed, though. Wasn't that one diluted, too? Or was yeah, that weed? Yeah,
0: okay. Why are you diluting it, though? Steroids. I don't know why I'm diluting it.
2: He's saying they both said because of the sickness and his muscle spasms and his teammates are, like, backing him up, so... I don't. I just don't think it's like a shoe in drug. But yeah, yeah, dude. Because you know he's buying me. Drugs. You know he's
1: buying me at least a used car when he gets paid. Yeah. You know, two grand allowance.
2: But you can. Yeah. Uh,
1: you could afford that for like.
2: And then ten ex
1: teammates.
2: Yeah. And then obviously you know look out for you know Adams or uh, Jamal Adams or Malik uh, Hooker if they fall. Like I don't know if that's shocking, but it might be shocking if they fall. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, I'd be um, shocked if they were there.
2: So those could be guys and then like you know lastly I'll leave you with an outside linebacker Hassan Reddick from Temple like skying up Boom. draft boards. He seems um, like
1: just like a like like a a, a good all around player. Yeah, Eric
2: Turner, you'll talk to him soon and he loves him. Ah, it's always tough for me and you 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 get my gist to to love a guy at 10 that just skyrocketed up a board. Um uh, it's always a little bit hard for me to, Dude, to that's kind of a rest.
1: tough spot man i hate I, know. I hate that spot because you know you you read up about these guys and you hear so much about these players and their stories and 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 what kind mm-hmm. of players and impacts they 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 made for their team and the reason mm-hmm. like we re- i i really don't talk about these guys too much is because i don't I didn't really watch them, so it's like if I didn't really watch them, it's like I'd rather just behind the scenes, kind of just listen to stuff. But it's like you know these guys, they all have interesting stories. They're all a a lot of them are half of them win the first round are going to be playmakers, and it's like. It's a lot easier, I feel, if you're picking mid to late because then it's like, you know, you could sell me a lot easier. But 10 is just such a, you have to get an elite player. You have to na 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 nah, nah. And then it's like all the negativity that comes from it when you do bust. And it's like if every first-round draft pick, like, panned out, how do you afford to pay all of them if they're really that good? Like, can you afford, like, oh, yeah. four I mean, Marcel like Darius every, contracts? Every
2: team would be all-stars. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, if you look at it. One thing to be said just about Reddick, you know, in particular, like he was an off the ball, def- or he was, excuse me, he was a defensive end and he's going to have to transition to an off the ball linebacker. To me, he's just like kind of like a spitting image of like a younger uh, Lorenzo Alexander. He had 22 tackles for loss last year, which is great. I like to see that he had 10 and a half sacks for Reddick last year, which is also great. That translates usually, but we're trying to play him at outside linebacker at best case. He's like Brian Rakpo, um, I don't think he can cover, and I think that's what we need out of a linebacker. So if we're taking a, a guy at ten that can't cover, like what are we adding there? I guess that's kind of tough for me to wrap my head around. Like we're looking for a weak side linebacker, Zach Brown role, who can cover, and we're going to draft another pass rusher, pretty much a tackle for loss guy. Kind of would more take over Lorenzo Alexander spot when he leaves in a year or two. So that's great in that sense, but we would still lack that weak side linebacker spot. So
1: all right, I got to ask you a question then. Not to cut you off, but I'm going to cut sure, you no, off. Sure, no, that was, was done. Well, there. Anyways. Linebacker, when you mentioned that weak side linebacker spot, because we sure. know that Lorenzo is going to be, you know.
2: the strong, strong side linebacker. Yeah, yeah,
1: like he just kind of alluded to that. So when you look at that weak side. Okay. Do you think that that linebacker to me you could almost, you know, I was telling you could sell me in any position. Mm-hmm. You could make the case for a linebacker, and obviously at, at time, for me, it was always Foster Just because when people talk about him, he just sounds like the man compared to Reggie Ragland. Yeah, the the, and the, Reg, the and Reggie the, the the was a man.
2: At baller. Yeah, I mean he's he's the player Foster with no off the field, no drug problems. You know, he's like in his prime, Patrick Willis. Like he's. Just a beast. Like there's no there's no doubt about it.
1: Now, would you value that or the receiver position or a defensive back is more of a need? Is in this is what I'm trying to say. How are you turning this team around? Because sometimes receivers just really need opportunity.
2: And um, I think we need to add to our pass catching system. I really think you need to take a shot on a guy like Williams, Corey Davis, or uh, or Howard. Like I don't really. You're not going to really stray me from that opinion of needing tight end receiver. And those three would lead the list. Um, I think that there's potential with Foster to be as good as we need him to be and be that off the ball linebacker. He's still a little inside linebackery for me, um, but everyone says he can pretty much cover. He's quick. He's great. He's a beast. And he is. I mean, if he's got those character concerns, you know, checked out the drug issues, the, the issues going on with him, Yeah, I mean, he definitely is worthy of a 10th overall pick. Um, And I'm really interested. He's, like, one of the biggest things to me to see really where he falls. I think he's going to have, like, a uh, Laramie-Punzel type of play where he's going to be picked in the teens. Um, I don't really think he sneaks into the 20s. So um, I think he falls a little further. Initially, he could have been as high as, like, a top-eight pick. Now I think he's more, like, probably in the 10 to 20 range. So... I think he just kind of fell a little bit, not even that that much. And Radek, to me, Eric Turner can try to sell you on that one. To me, I'm not going to be able to do it because I don't really see see it there. Like he's a late first round pick to me, but he's like a top ten pick for Eric. So, um, I mean, I'd rather take a guy like Duke Riley in the second or third round, depending on our draft board. Well, what I'm so,
1: what I'm looking at here is I got three main holes of plug, and. um You know, here I am, I'm thinking about this defense again. I'm talking myself off receiver (laughs) and and, and O.J. Howard. Here I go. Um, And and it's just like, again, you could package these up and sound to me so many ways, but it's like if you can get that impact, you know, if you can get that that cornerback who can start in, in the NFL in the sixth round, in this league then damn don't be getting them in the first round cool we could put that off but if you need that linebacker and you think that linebacker can do what you need and he's in the second round third round and he Mm could start which hey i think doug Whaley does a fine job of linebackers and whether you want to credit him or not you know you can look at a guy like nigel bradham you could look at um you know preston brown D- these guys are not bad football players I think. mean you
2: can you can look at it like probably like our best player still and Reggie Ragland um you know he did get him he did trade up a fourth to get two fourths to get him and he's going to be a rock solid player I am you know I have an opinion he found Lorenzo Alexander um you know he found Ramon Humber so you mean he he does have some of these the guys that are supposed to start were all Zach guys Brown. Were, you know he found Zach Brown and yeah. and made him a serviceable guy when no one wanted him. And, um, you know, so you do have some, some things to like there. And, you know, I I believe he'll add another piece here this week. He'll add another piece there. I just, I don't necessarily see it at 10. You could sell me on Foster. Um, I I don't really want to see anyone else there at 10. I I
1: think you just talked me into receiver again, because that's, that's for me and, uh, and Doug Whaley, I trust. Like he'll figure out the linebacker spot. And if there's a receiver where contract, why like if the field is about playmakers and you got New England and you need plays, I, you know what I mean? You need, that you need to score power. points, man. I,
2: you need to score points. OK, yeah, you did you it. Need to try your best to score points. You need to do everything you can. They're going to score points. They are going. You're not going to shut them out again ever They're You need them to score points and there's no like ifs, ands or buts around it. So if you're going to win in this league. You better be able to throw for yards when you need to, and not be stuck like running routes with Justin Hunter and and other brand and then Brandon Tate. Like, just this is not going to happen. So, I'll leave you guys with that. With basically. I'm on record. I want a pass catcher, either O.J. Howard, Corey Davis, or Mike uh, Mike Williams.
1: Dude, you talk me into it, and you could sell me either way. Play action's a big deal. I think the passing game's going to open up. Expect Charles Clay. You know, it's amazing. If Charles Clay had, like, 10 more to 15 more receptions, you know, it wouldn't be so bad for him stat-wise. And, uh, you yep. know, you can't have it every way. Um, so, Kevin, where can we find you, and uh, what do you want to leave us with?
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. As usual, you can find me at one dot net uh, at Kevin Messeri is My Twitter handle. Um, I'll be on many podcasts this week, just kind of promoting my big board and my podcasts that are going out. Other than that, um, you know, big things. I plan to sit here with my draft board and be in solitary on Thursday. Like I don't want and I don't want to be at the bar. Right? I just kind of want to sit here and ponder my thoughts on Thursday. So. Um,
1: Really? Well, we're doing a draft show at 34 I Rush. I mean, you're welcome to come out. Well, definitely there be there Thursday Friday.
0: Or, um, we're we're going to be there both nights. Uh, we're, we're actually going to be on
2: the show Friday night, so. Okay. And that's Ryan Lancel's show, right? Uh, yeah, Ryan and Icy. Yep. Okay. Okay, yeah. Friday. Yeah, there's there's a chance I could pop out and
1: uh Dude, know, get some come on. Oh, let's get hammered and play video poker.
2: I mean <laughs> you you had me at Video Poker.
1: I don't even so. really like to drink, but I heard Deacon's buying, so I'll take what I can get
2: from him. Oh then <laughs> I'm packing up the car. We're getting out there. Yeah, but yeah, so. no man. Absolutely. Like um just for record, what's what's uh what time are you guys on? Like what's the plan on Friday, either from seven to ten or
0: Come on, you think I know this? We're there at seven till. Okay. Set until they tell us to leave.
1: Yeah, I don't even know how I'm gonna do this. I don't know anything. Um and honestly though, I will be I'll be real with you. I am more stoked to be on on night two than than night one because you guys aren't here
2: Thursday too, right?
1: Yeah, we don't do anything Thursday.
2: Okay. You're out on Friday. Cool man. Like we'll we'll have Eric promoted and we'll uh we'll you know, if you have any information, tweet it at us so we can uh, do some retweets and get you whatever whatever info you got, send it our way. Um and, you know, we look forward to more podcasts and definitely going to have to pick it up this weekend or next, early next week.
1: Yeah, man. Well, Kevin, thanks, dude, for checking in with us again. And uh, we'll keep in touch.
2: All right, man. Thank you guys so much for the time. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, so that was Kevin. Kevin's great because when you don't know anything about the draft, you call Kevin and you just have him talk about it. But, hey, look, at least I'm being real with you. I'm not going to try to play you. all oh, Dave, the draft expert. No, not the draft expert. Not at all. I hear a lot about the draft. But don't be coming to me about the draft. Not me. Come to us. And we'll hook you up with where to go. And we'll get the people on the show to tell you what's up. So thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, tell your friends and family to follow us and find us on Twitter. At NumBillsFan. And um, NumBillsFan.com. So, please, if you like us at all, press subscribe. Give us a rating. That would be kind of cool. Right on iTunes. Easy to do. Even you could do it. Billsforlife.com. Punchdrunksports.com. And uh, check those out. And don't forget, 25% off of sunglasses on ShadyRays.com. I hate All right.
0: Bye-bye.